To another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show that sometimes takes long, unannounced pauses. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Marty Schneider. I'm the other host. I'm Dan Ludwig. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, October was hard. Yeah, <laughs> we we had a lot of stuff going on, and it was it was a time. But we're we're back. We're back with something pretty cool this episode. Yeah, I will say I'm pretty hyped for it. The thing that I want to start us off with today, Dan, mm-hmm. is I want to take a quick trip to Marty's Comics Corner. <gasps> oh, we haven't gone there in so long! We haven't been to Comics Corner in a while. Oh my god! We're going to Comics Corner. Comics is, of course, spelled with an X, and Corner is, of course, spelled with a K. You do a, wh- you do a little kickflip there with, 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 like, a backwards hat on. Oh, like, man, where's my hat? Yeah. Not, I should be wearing, like, a backwards baseball cap, like, and I should have, like, a... Like a slingshot in my back pocket. And it just, Marty's Comics Corner. Comics. <laughs> yeah. All right. Except I'm, I'm, I'm about to talk about possibly the least radical <laughs> of comics ever. But we need we need to talk about Mary Worth. The sequel Pretend to We Need to I Talk put... About Kevin. <laughs> Pretend I put clapping emojis yeah. in between every one of those. Listen. All right. I've I've explained to Dan while we once while we were live streaming what Mary Worth is. Also, Dan and I live stream now. Yeah, yeah. we did we did a live stream. We're gonna do more. You can join in, but but you can support us on Patreon, patreoncom Mayberry. Dan and I are occasionally live streaming us watching rejected fil- uh, sitcom pilots from the fifties and sixties. It is painful. Yeah. All right. Twitch.tv slash Breaking Mayberry. Anyway, okay. We get very drunk. Oh, man. Listen. So, Mary Worth is a comic that has been around, a newspaper comic, probably one of the original soap opera comics. It's been around fucking forever, like 80 years at this point. But pretty much from since the 70s, it's had the same basic plot line. It, It follows... Our titular character, Mary Worth, she's an elderly woman, think like B. Arthur, think Golden Girls, right? Uh, and she lives in a retirement community called Charterstone, and she's basically the watcher. Like, very few things, <laughs> very few things in Mary Worth involve Mary Worth. Like, she, just like Andy Griffiths, she regularly disappears from her own story, like, for chunks at a time. And so she's, except... Also, like the Watcher, she's not supposed to get involved in other people's business, but she gets involved in other people's business all the goddamn time. Is there uh, is that like an explicit rule of the strip? Is like Maryworth is not <laughs> to interfere in the behavior of mortal seniors. <laughs> is there like a guy? I, I, I think, is there I, like I, a guy I, named Irving who's like the Galactus to her Watcher? Just goes nope. around destroying everything. No, Irving is the dude that marries Kathy. Oh, okay. Yeah. By the way, if you want, if you like Comics Corner, you should be listening to the Act Cast by Jamie Loftus, where she goes through all of Kathy, <laughs> uh, and and makes a pretty good defense of Kathy. Listen, so okay, so Mary Worth is she's an elderly lady, 
and she lives in this retirement home and she basically the strip basically follows all of the people in and around this retirement home and their trials and tribulations and sometimes mary worth gets involved and fucks with their their stuff and offers bad advice and sometimes she does today i'm gonna focus on a uh, specific uh, character his name is wilbur wright yeah wilbur wright and this dude is basically Wilbur wrong. Wilbur, Wilbur is a middle, a dumpy middle-aged balding man. I've heard him like called George Costanza. I think he looks way more like Cyril Figgis from from Archer. Right. And the history of this character is essentially he was introduced in the '90s by the old comic strip writer as I guess kind of like a self insert, like haha, look at this lovable chump. Like he was. He was kind of like George Costanza, like somewhat likable or lovable, even though he's like a little curmudgeon. And when that writer died and the new writer, Karen Moy, took over in 2016, I kind of looked at this and was like, oh, this dude sucks. <laughs> this guy sucks ass. And since then, every year we get at least one storyline about how Wilbur is just a fucking loser. <laughs> but every single one of his wounds are self-inflicted. So the current storyline of... Pause, pause, pause. Did Wilbur always suck ass? And she was just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to point out to you people that this guy was a huge piece of shit. Or was it more like, you know, I'm going to make this guy suck shit. He's boring. I'm going to make him a fucking, like, loser. I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Hell yes. All right. So the the latest latest episode or the latest storyline, which started back in August, has focused on Wilbur's love life. Wilbur has... It, it opens up with Wilbur and his girlfriend Estelle. He's dating another older lady at the uh, at the retirement home, and they are together. They are playing music and singing together because because Wilbur has a thing about doing karaoke, and he gets mad because her cat keeps interrupting and mewling at them. Okay. In fact, in fact, it's an entire like week dedicated to. Uh, a man getting his ass handed to him by a cat. Wait, wait, like, he actually fights the cat? <laughs> he, he 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 threatens, like, first off, the dude's a psychopath. He threatens uh, to wring her little kitty neck, as it were. But Jesus! Then he, but then he, he puts her outside of the room, and then later on, he finds out the cat has, like, peed in his shoe. By the way, they don't live together. This is very clearly, like, his girlfriend Estelle's house Mm -hmm. and his cat so he's just being a a fucking dick to this cat for no reason why because the cat is mewing while he's singing like he literally has a little bit where he goes meh no howling while i'm singing not during my solo this dude sucks all right okay so so oh continue continue i'm gonna save my reactions so estelle breaks up with him Estelle dumps him because he, he was, threatens to murder her cat. Because he threatens to murder her, her, her cat, right? He goes to Mary Mary's house, and on the way, he runs into like an old man, an older man. Somehow, like these are all old men, but he runs into a grumpy old man, uh, and he's like, "Oh no, here comes that grumpy old man!" And the grumpy old man goes, "Hey, Wilbur, what's up? How's it going?" Aren't you having a great day? Look at my beautiful wiener dog. <laughs> he got a new dog. There was a whole fucking storyline about this old man getting a dog, dude. Right. Like, it, went, it went for months. Uh, Wilbur then decides to fucking 
adopt a dog on his own because he thinks that the dog will make him a better person. And also, dogs are chick magnets. Right. Uh, Does he explicitly say that out loud? Multiple times. Nice, nice. In the, like... In the Monday strip, in the Sunday recap that tells everything, right? He goes, he goes to the fucking animal shelter. He tells the the woman. I just, way, I just imagine, we'll just, we'll like, I'm gonna open up the newspaper, have a cup of coffee. What's going on? And Wilbur just looks you dead in the eye and goes like, "I'm gonna use a dog to get a bunch of pussy." That's exactly what happens. Dude. Good morning, old man. That's exactly what happens. I. I I, I threw I threw these in the chat so that you can look at this as well while I'm describing this to you. He adopts a French bulldog. By the way, I in in this universe apparently you can just walk into a, a adoption spot, a animal shelter, straight up say, "Hey, I want a dog to get my dick wet," and they'll just let you go with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ba- this this psychopath can't even get out of the parking lot. <laughs> Alright, I've got I've got a strip here. Panel one is Wilbur taking a dog from the local animal shelter, and Wilbur is holding his new French bulldog. Really, this was just an excuse to get the artist to draw a bunch of like adorable bulldogs. And he says, Pierre, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Panel two. If not, it's curtains for you. Ha ha, just kidding. Do you have that panel that I can look <laughs> at real fast? Just scroll down in that Twitter thread I gave you, my dude. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh, you did a whole you did a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, w- Wilbur gets a, like, the dog thing actually works. Wilbur gets a date, and he immediately blows this date because he keeps spending his entire fucking date talking about Estelle, and finally it ends with him calling her by his ex's name. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Meanwhile, so Wilbur gets dumped again. Meanwhile, Estelle goes out, takes her cat to a veterinarian. The veterinarian is hot and younger, and they go out on a date. Oh, and Jesus they, Christ. They go out on a date, and hang on, my my friend, my friend, because the climax, this is where we currently are in Mary Worth, is that Wilbur and Mary, hey, remember Mary? Yeah, you know yeah. Mary's in this, in this fucking strip. Mary says, hey, Wilbur, why don't we go out and go, do some karaokeing like after this? That'll cheer you up. You like to do karaoke. Next panel. Meanwhile, as Estelle and Libby's vet have dinner, that's one of my favorite things. Would you be interested in going to karaoke after dinner? So what is currently happening this week? Oh, Jesus, is they all go to karaoke together? They all go to karaoke together. And then Wilbur sees his ex on a date. He stands up at the karaoke machine and he busts out Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. Okay. That is Monday strip. Tuesday strip. Yeah. After hearing Wilbur sing, Estelle goes on stage and says, "There, this is for someone special in the audience. And she sings, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. Today's oh. strip yes. is Wilbur coming up and doing Gautier's Somebody I Used to Know. These are all surprisingly modern references. Yeah. Honestly. And, and by surprisingly modern, I mean 10 years ago, 10 years old. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I would expect it to either be from like the 1970s or like something that was on the radio last year. Right, no. So we are currently at Old People Karaoke Off. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is the current Wilbur storyline. I should point out last year's Wilbur storyline was also about a, was also about a mixed date with his current girlfriend 
and also his girlfriend before Estelle. Mm-hmm. They went on a double date with his ex and her new younger boyfriend, and he got completely shit faced and made fun of this dude and uh, tried to do karate moves at the dinner table. Of course, uh, and had a full on MRA meltdown. Listen, I guess what I'm saying here, dude, is Mary Worth is a good comic strip. I mean, so it sounds like just from my cursory glance over this, the fun of Mary Worth is just having a window into just absolute carnage in people's lives. Is <laughs> just imagining these people are real and getting to just watch an absolute train wreck happen and just being like, yeah, I'm getting because <laughs> that's what you you. All right. All right. Everybody, I'm, I've, everyone I've introduced this to. Like, since I've been talking about this online, people have just, like, come at me and just been like, today, today, basically, at work, someone was like, Marty, why did you introduce me to Mary Worth? I hate Wilbur. All my friends hate Wilbur. <laughs> well, all right. I'm gonna, this is a Wilbur hate account. I'm going to theorize on the on why Mary Worth was created, because, you know, back in the the 70s, or whenever this started, probably like the 90s, you, I, if I wanted to experience schadenfreude at like a moment's notice, I couldn't just like go on YouTube and look up epic fail videos or like someone getting screamed at in public for being an asshole. I had to go and I had to open up Mary Worth and just be like, like, all right, I need to watch some fuckface named Wilbur get absolutely shown up by a veterinarian. Oh, that's the good shit. Oh, <laughs> I should point out the reason why the, the way that Wilbur and his current girlfriend, Estelle, bonded is that they both got catfished okay <laughs> like they, they with estelle they did like a very special storyline like hey seniors don't be dumb and don't like fall for like online dating scams and give your money to people over blah 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 it was like a very special kind of psa storyline wilbur on the other hand dumped his existing girlfriend because some to run off to bogota with some chick uh who was scamming him out of his money and was hanging out with her cousin the whole time like oh he broke up yeah dude wilbur sucks so much (laughs) this was it's like the original curb your enthusiasm it's very much curb your enthusiasm yeah like you you can hear the curb the curb music but there's not jokes is what makes it so much better is it's not like here's a real jerk that (laughs) that fucks up his own life all the time laugh 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 here's a funny situation that's just like you just want to watch a guy like smash himself in the nuts once a week do you just want to see that here's a fictitious man he sucks yeah i can't think of anything purer yeah. so i mean i guess that counts as an intro right i mean like, that just got me i really wish i could see two people have like a, car- a breakup via karaoke that would be so wonderful to just be like at the back room at a bar i think the closest that i've come is like a couple of years ago i was in a karaoke bar on new year's eve and based on the amount of keys dug into the sides of pretty little souped up four-wheel drives mm-hmm. i'm gonna say a lot of women in that bar were cheated on that year <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, a, a a lot a lot of women came up and were asking was asking if she's perverted like me if she'll go down on you in hot theater. <laughs> you can use karaoke to just like measure the co- like where we are at as a generation. Did you know that that song is about Dave Coulier? 
Every Unc- fucking song is about Dave Coulier, okay? <laughs> You're so vain is about him. They're all about Dave Coulier, okay, which so is you, insane. Okay, so you you also saw the thing that I saw today, which is that not only is Dave Coulier the inspiration for you ought to know. Dave Coulier, by the way, is uh, Uncle Joey from Full House, the goofy blonde one that did the Popeye voice or whatever. He's also the scrub in No Scrubs. Yes, that he's song everything. Was, that song was inspired. That's not a joke. That song was inspired because John Stamos and Dave Coulier drove past TLC on the set of something, <laughs> and, and Dave Coulier tried to like yell, "Hey, what's up, Shorty?" from the side of of, of John Stamos's car. That's a real thing. <laughs> That's true. Well, imagine the imagine that moment. All right, you are TLC. You're walking down the street. You see a car. Oh, holy shit! Someone is yelling at me. Pickup lines from the car. Oh my god, is that John Stamos? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. Stamos is driving the car. <laughs> Dude, I get the, Dave Coulier is the Forrest Gump of modern music. He's just <laughs> everywhere. I get the one that's not a Beach Boy. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fucking like you look in the background of like any like making of video, and there's just Dave Coulier in there being horny. Like, <laughs> like Dave Cou- Dave Coulier was the bitch that did not have Rihanna's money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just it, like you if you actually like pull up a a picture of uh sinatra recording my way you can just see dave coulier masturbating furiously in the back of the studio it's it's his he's the secret sauce to all music don't say dave coulier masturbating and then say secret sauce i did that intentionally i wanted to cause you that kind of pain why would you do that david coulier's secret sauce is the secret sauce that makes american music great hmm that that's why he has the fucking woodchuck puppet. yeah did somebody say what hey, let's go let's get into today's episode today's episode is season four episode 22 andy's vacation originally airs march 9th 1964 written by fritzel and greenbaum and directed by jeffrey hayden is this the first time we've seen jeffrey no no, we've seen Jeffrey Hayden a couple of times throughout this season. It kind of seems like they're taking shifts. Yeah, a it, little bit. It it'll it'll go like it'll go like Hayden 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 for like four episodes and then Krenna 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 Krenna. So it it seems like they're they're like swapping out. Yeah. So this is when we're gonna get this is the beginning of Hayden's shift. The next couple are all gonna be Hayden. I'm just gonna say up top about this episode. I think this might be my favorite one. If not ever, if in a long time. It's not my favorite episode ever, but it's my favorite episode in a long time. Yeah, it's definitely the highlight of this season for me. Here, Here's your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy takes a vacation at home, leaving Barney and Gomer in charge of the courthouse. They then continually pester Andy for helps with problem for help. They then continually... That's a really hard sentence to read. Andy takes a vacation at home, leaving Barney and Gomer in charge of the courthouse. They then continually pester Andy for help with problems that arise. Thank you. Thank you, Wikipedia, for not spoiling the good part this time. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the beginning of what happens, essentially. Uh, it opens up with Andy being fucking pissed off. It's kind of... The, the opening scene is awesome because... 
I am within 0.5 seconds frustrated. Cause and I'm supposed to be, because it opens with him just going like, stop building a fucking dam on safe on county property. I will come over there with a stick of dynamite and fucking blow it up. And that's yeah. like how he opens. And that is not an exaggeration. He's like he has had this been having this argument for long enough that he is like, I will bust out plastic explosives. We have escalated to that goddamn point. And I don't know what's going on, but I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do it, Andy. I'm on your team. Fuck like, this guy. Yeah, we've never seen this guy. And so, yeah, fuck this guy. And also, I want to see Andy bring out a stick of dynamite. We know he has some. Yeah. We, we know that he's got like an entire shed full that goats can just get into. They just uh, have the town dynamite shack that you just like go into, and it's like it's it's on take a penny, leave a penny rules. You just you the, go the, the municipal dynamite department. It's it's like a public restroom. Yeah, exactly. You go and you get some dynamite. You blow up your neighbor's fence, and then later you put some dynamite back. Listen, we all pay our dynamite taxes. Yes, <laughs> we all we all put in for this equally. <laughs> the town to, called me crazy when I installed the dynamite shed, but well, crime is way up. But we're all pretty happy. <laughs> Everybody's having a great time. It has been devastating for all of our property, but no one's complaining. From, from each, uh, from each according to his dynamite ability, <laughs> to each according to his dynamite need. <laughs> communism but explicitly in the context of dynamite <laughs> nowhere else so yeah andy's threatening to blow up this dude's dam with dynamite why because he keeps building a dam on public land like he's he's literally hoarding water he's a goddamn mad max villain he explicitly says like get those sticks and those rocks out of there so he's not even building a good dam he's building the dams i used to make when i was 14 and frustrated with my life be like i'm gonna go to the fucking river i'm gonna put a bunch of sticks in there you might think that this is gonna come up again it's not this no. is not the plot of the episode <laughs> at all we've definitely spent more time talking about it than occurs in the in real time barney comes in with a fighting couple and they are fighting and they are like feuding and they're talking about how much they've like like one of them threw a chicken at the other yeah they had uh, a domestic dispute in the middle of town <laughs> that resulted in the wife hucking a chicken at the husband's face and this is one of the moments where i was like we've seen this episode already haven't we have we done this before because we've definitely seen the like farming couple beating up each other and andy being like this ain't my problem <laughs> well it the previous time it was uh, there's a couple and they're beating the shit out of each other in the middle of town all the time. And they were like, all right, we need to try to address this and fix the situation. Fuck, this is hard. I hate it. And now he's just like, hey, we made a law against this. Give me $10. <laughs> Fuck you. I've learned my lesson with you people. I'm now going to actively make the situation worse <laughs> because now you're fighting and you have no money. And yeah, so then they, they walk out still fighting. Yeah. Because it, now they have to fight over how they're going to pay $10. If anything, their fight has escalated significantly. They haven't resolved shit. And Andy's like, I don't fucking care. Just and, and even Barney, Mr. Like Nip It in the Bud himself, is like, damn, dude. You, you sure about that? And Andy's like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck these people. Fuck this town. I'm sick of this shit. I have to. I've been here since four in the goddamn morning because someone's sign blew over. 
or some shit. Andy getting real close to abolishing the police himself. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> He's like, this is stupid. You people need to figure out how to sort out your own goddamn problems. Yeah, a- Andy straight up is being like, why is everyone fucking calling me for this shit? I'm tired of this. Fuck it. From now on, if people have, if, if shit goes down, we're either gonna jail them or fine them. I'm sick of solving all these problems for all these people. And then Barney's like, well, that's kind of what the show is. (laughs) It would be so sick if the show just ended right after this. If Andy was, he wasn't even like, and that's why I'm leaving Mayberry. He was like, you know what? I'm not doing the plot of the Andy Griffith show anymore. I'm just a cop. I hate this. I hate you people. I'm going to start being an oppressive dick. Cut to black like the Sopranos. It's just <laughs> over. <laughs> just, just a very like muted like dun 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 dun. Like very like like it suddenly becomes just like like True Detective theme and just like yeah. you know and, and like and and then like just like it like ink blot images of like Opie's head like appear on the side. Yeah. Of the- <laughs> and Taking then it's down to the fishing pole, going down to the fishing hole. Solid Tom like, Waits. Tom Waits, yeah, yeah. No, and then you just end like have the bleakest ending ever. I also <laughs> fucking love that Andy's like, I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of this entire town. And Barney's like, You're not sick of me though, right? And Andy's like, I hope you don't take this wrong. But honestly, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm fucking sick of you, man. <laughs> it's in awesome. in one of in one of the most homosexual deliveries of a line i've ever heard yeah it it has like real spouse energy real smithers energy yeah real real smithers energy off of this one but yeah yeah andy barney does go you're not you're not sick of me are you and 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 andy does do that he goes i hope you understand i get it i i hope that you get it we're close enough friends that i hope you get it but yeah, man, I don't want to see your fucking face anymore, you chinless dipshit. <laughs> you pissed me off so bad, and I hate your fucking guts. Again, I hope you really take this, you know, in like good humor as a good friend. But God, what is wrong with you? I just want to slam your head in a car door. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Why are you here? Why do you torment me with your existence? Again, dear friend, love you to death. You're fantastic. My son con- considers you like a second father, but fuck off! In this episode, I think you should consider him a first father. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you'll find out why later. So, Barney, like a spouse, is just like, okay, what's bothering you, big fella? What's going on? How you doing, buddy? And Barney says, listen, the problem is, you're burnt out. You didn't take your vacation this year. I told you to go on vacation, and you didn't. So you got all these vacation days saved up. I think it's you, you need to get out of here. You need to go relax. They have, and, uh, and then he pitches what the vacation should be. And he's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go home and I'll garden and I'll read National Geographics, which does sound like a, a kind of a shitty vacation. And, it, and Barney says, you should go to Miami. And then he says a bunch of things that he should do in Miami. And he might as well have been speaking fucking Latin because I did not understand a goddamn thing he said he was like you go there and you go on the beach and you you meet the chimichangs and the and and there's some bunny gals and you you go hop the scoot and then in night town you put on your fly suit and i'm like am i having a fucking stroke what is he saying he he does say you go out and you meet one of them rabbit club girls 
Which, now that I think about it, did he mean like a Playboy bunny? Is he telling him to go to a sex club? Like, I don't know what the fuck a rabbit club girl is, but now that I said, and if you, and if you like Google it, you're just going to get actual like rabbit clubs. Yeah. Like, like where people raise rabbits. All right. But I, was he talking about maybe a Playboy bunny? Anyway, Barney basically says, you got to go down to down, down to Miami and get your dick wet. Like, yeah, basically he, he, if you, if you suggest that we go to a rabbit club together and you didn't really provide any context, I'd kind of assume that you were asking me to go to a fuck club with you. Like... I, I would assume so. Yeah, assume. like rabbits, like like notorious for for having for fornication, for fornication. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and Andy goes, yeah, all right. I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hang out at my house, do some gardening, and read National Geographic. And I feel like there's got to be a happy medium there, guys. Yeah, but whatever, whatever. Go have a bunch of anonymous sex in Miami or garden. <laughs> Or read National <laughs> Geographic. That's my favorite part. Apparently, he's just had like a collection of National Geographics building up, like it's his Netflix kid. I know. It's the saddest magazine. <laughs> it's it's like the it's the wheat thins of magazines. <laughs> oh, it's just nothing. And by the way, we have gotten confirmation that apparently Gomer is just a deputy. He's like a reserve deputy. As needed, yeah. Uh, they deputized him during the flood that was off screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a flood. Sounds like and, a great episode. And I guess never undeputized him? Which... Never swore him out? Seems like a uh, pretty bad mistake to just yeah. kind of leave someone with the powers of a deputy but none of the accountability but you know what do i fucking know <laughs> <laughs> next scene is i don't know next antics. okay next scene next scene is it's, gomer it's, is in uniform and yeah. barney is inspecting him and he gives mm-hmm. a long lecture about like oh you need to shine your shoes on the back because that is the last thing people see of you when you walk away and then he says which, oh. hang on a second, is that indicating that you've kicked their ass and they're on the ground? Uh, well, based off of the source he gets this wisdom from, it sounded pretty <laughs> similar, because he reveals that an old German soldier told him that. At which point I hit pause and yelled, an old what soldier, Barney? Specifically oh. said old German soldier. Listen, th- they have to go out of their way, essentially, to to point out that this old German soldier fought in... 1918 in world war one yes which is like they, they they have to go out of their way to be like barney is not friends with a nazi but it's just like only marginally better guys <laughs> which which no he's, only slightly better barney is friends with a man who is technically not a nazi <laughs> who, who is not a nazi not by choice but, but by, by age yeah, limit yeah, by he he missed it he didn't choose to not be a nazi he didn't avoid it he His was draft just, number didn't come up exactly yeah the train just blew he didn't catch the train to be a nazi <laughs> So he was, he, Barney is basically friends with a Nazi reject. <laughs> so not great, which I feel like just in a very offhanded way, we kind of discovered a cipher that if we go back, it just recontextualizes the last four fucking seasons. How could you, how did you even let that go by in the sixties? Right? Like we're only 20 years removed from the war at this point. 
How the? F- I mean, of course, there was also another show on the air at this point that was just like wacky hijinks yeah. in a POW camp. Oh, oh, with those lovable Nazis. We took a weird approach to that then, that whole thing afterwards. Which is, it's crazy because they're like, like we have, of course, distance from it. We're we're a couple of Indiana Jones movies away from it, but they were like, how did you not watch them and be like, oh, one of those guys killed my dad? Like, fucking, that, that shit had just happened. That shit. I am forty years old. The year is nineteen sixty. Uh, one of an old German soldier stabbed my dad to death with a fucking bayonet in the fields of France. But yeah, totally cool. I, I don't get how that fly, how that flew. Especially because they're fucking so sensitive about everything. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned at this. But yeah, so they, they let that that line fly. Like, yeah, I got this advice from an old German soldier. You got to shine the back of your shoes. It's like a disciplinary thing. The Andy, entire, Andy. the entire series, an old German man has just been whispering in Barney's ear to be like, "You must, you must have them shine the back of their shoes because it is the last thing they will see." You mean like while they're walking away? Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that is enough lessons, young man. You go now. So Andy comes in and the scene basically plays out like Andy's like, yeah, dude, what the hell? Why'd you call me down? And Barney's like, check out your new deputy. And Andy's like, your dep- deputy's not wearing a new badge. So the fuck? But Gomer, put your badge on. They do the uh, they do the thing where Barney talks about how high and proud he is, and he's like, "I'll get this whipped into shape." Gomer <laughs> apologizes for the shoe thing, and he goes, what "The fuck are you talking about, man?" Barney pulls him over and says, "Listen, don't don't undermine my authority." And then Andy Andy just goes, "You've been talking to the old German soldier again." <laughs> Andy's like, "I told you not to hang out with those Nazis, dude." Like, <laughs> I don't know why our town has a Nazi, but of course you're the one to gravitate towards him. Well, I mean, our town does canonically have zero Jews, so... (laughs) I I told you... (laughs) Seems like a natural place for him to resettle. Yeah, basically. This guy really knows his Portuguese. (laughs) He's been teaching, giving me lessons. I mean, it was this or South America, and this place is less diverse, so... (laughs) Kind of a layup. You'd think he'd be, he'd like have a job working for nasa or disneyland at this point but he doesn't instead he's in mayberry giving advice to barney fife so he's not even a good nazi he, he sucked at being yeah. a nazi and he wound up here that's the reason he's here is he was a dog shit nazi they were... <laughs> he was bench warmer Nazi that they just kicked off and they're like, you go to America now. We do not need your help, Otto. <laughs> Party in the fucking JV Nazi. Yeah. Man, we're we're never gonna get to the to the to the good part of this episode. Alright. Bart Andy says, Okay, fuck this, I'm going home. Leave me alone. But what he finds out is apparently listen, I I know that we have caller ID and call blocking or whatever, but I feel like if you are the the sheriff of this town, no one should know your number. Yeah. Oh, I I, I guess they don't have numbers. They have switchboards. They have Sarah. Who yeah, everybody in. can reach yeah. anybody anytime. Maybe. Yeah, no. Listen, what the first thing that's, that Andy should have done is gone to Sarah, like gone to her house. Yeah. It's been like, listen, if I get a single phone call in the next two weeks... I'm killing your dog. 
I'm 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 serious. I don't want to hear a fucking ring. Yeah, because the whole town knows Andy's number, and they call him all the time with their problems. Someone calls and is just like, "Hey, Gomer just gave me a ticket. Can Gomer do that?" Which I guess is reasonable. But then uh, it should have been like, Andy should have been like, "Yeah, Gomer can do that," and they'd be like, "Okay, bye, click." No, no, that is a very real question. Hey, the gas station attendant just wrote me a ticket. Is this real or is an insane thing happening? Because actually, if this is real, an insane thing is still happening because the gas station attendant that lives in a little shed behind the gas station just wrote me a fucking parking ticket. <laughs> So Andy fights with this woman on the phone about a parking ticket. She threatens to come to his house. Yes. And, and, and he's like, no, just pay it with Barney. Jesus Christ. He says, okay, I'm going to sit the fuck down now. And then Barney and, and Gomer appear at the window. Oh, there is a thing that happens before the window. So in between Andy getting all these phone calls, Ampy is like, you got to get down to the jail cell. They hear screaming in there. And Andy goes in, and Barney and uh, and Gomer have locked themselves in the jail cell. Of course. Yep, you know, yep. We, we all knew this was happening. You know, there was like, when, when Barney said, put the key by the door, Gomer heard in the drawer. But basically, the fun thing about this episode is, off screen, you're basically just watching Andy try to have a vacation. And off screen, absolute madness is happening because gomer and barney are trying to be sheriffs together and it is going terribly and the, the, the entire episode should have been andy trying to read a national geographic while the town burns in his window <laughs> yeah, it's basically like, what it is and then and then at the 21 minute mark andy just draws the shade down <laughs> basically i love to see the deleted scenes of this episode because it would just be like barty and like be like damn it gomer why'd you let a goose loose in the church we gotta chase it now just like absolute chaos happening except except, except not because they're not as creative as that like the two antics th there are three antics that that ensue and all of them involve keys being where they shouldn't be yeah like that, that's the extent of the wackiness they've got here. Because there's this. They lock themselves in the jail cell. Of course, they're going to lock themselves in the jail cell. Barney and Gomer handcuff themselves together. Which, that should have been the goddamn episode! It, right? Which is the best executed comedic bit I think I've seen on the show so far. Is like, Andy's like reading by the window. And then you just see Barney and Gomer's heads slowly emerge like they're Muppets. And then just go like, hey, do you, uh... Do you have the key to the handcuffs? Just kind of want to see it for no reason. And then Gomer's like, oh, hell yeah, an apple. And then just like reaches for it with the handcuffed hand. And Andy just kind of judges the shit out of them while Barney stews. It's great. Bar Bar Barney's sitting there like trying real hard to convince Andy. Hey, we're not ruining your vacation. We just, we just it's just like two guys hanging out. And Andy's like. Take the key and get the fuck out. <laughs> Just leave me alone because you're giving me a fucking headache. A, a lot of a lot of Andy's approaches get the fuck out. Someone else calls and he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like Andy is at his entire limit to the point where he's like, you know what? Screw this. He goes to Aunt B. He says, Aunt B, can you put some things together in my knapsack? Can you like, give me a little some sandwiches, some bacon or whatever? I'm going up into the mountains for a few days. Don't tell my son. Yeah, don't tell anybody, especially not my son, who is not in this episode at all. <laughs> at all. Which is like, he, at no point, when they're pitching vacations, they're like, 
maybe you want to take your son out fishing? And Andy's like, all right, so I'm choosing between casual sex in Miami or gardening. No other considerations. <laughs> no, listen, Which, like, we, we've made fun of this show before for occasionally forgetting that uh, Andy has a girlfriend. This episode forgets that he has a son. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe his child might want to go into the mountains with him. Like, maybe he should spend some time with his kid who doesn't remember what he looks like. <laughs> I'm gonna take a few days off from this life, from my job. Can't think of anybody I need to spend any time with. Gonna go. Ampy, where's my dad? Oh, he's getting HPV in Florida right now. I, I, that's marginally better than Ampy, where's my dad? He decided to go off and hunt and fish and do all the things that you like to do without you. <laughs> well, I love that he's not like. I'm going to go on a camping trip. He's like, I'm going to take to the woods. He's like, yeah. put a bunch of like shit Timothy in the bag. Timothy McVeigh. Like. He's not like, all right, I need this. Here are the supplies I need. He's like, get a bunch of fucking cans, whatever bullshit is in this house. Put some fucking bacon in there. Give me a fucking frying pan. I'm taking to the woods, which I am now of the opinion that anybody should be allowed to do at any time. Sure. Yeah, I think... No. I think it shouldn't count as vacation days, but specifically, you're not allowed to go on a camping trip. You can't, like, drive somewhere. You have to literally put a bunch of shit in a bag and walk into the woods. As long as you need. Every job should come with hobo insurance. Mm -hmm. Hobo benefits. Like, yes. I should be able to call in and be like, boss, I'm going to take some hobo days. And he'll be like, I legally, I can't stop you. Yes, should be 100% legal. You're not allowed to spend hobo days in your home because, yeah, you're... Hobo, you have to either be walking into the woods or riding the rails. Exactly. Like the cover should go. Boss, I'm going to get a hobo day. I gotta go. Like, how long do you think you'll be out? Depends if I find work in Tuskegee. Might be, might be a week. Might be a couple of months. I'll see you back. Hey, boss, you don't happen to have any ants that are like leaving out pies to cool on a windowsill, are you? Okay, just thought I'd ask. Bye. Click. <laughs> hey, boss, as you know, I'm on a hobo break. Just a quick question. Do you remember what the circle with a cross through it means? Does that mean free pie or does that mean uh, we'll be shot? Appreciate you being helpful in this time. <laughs> Everybody should get hobo vacation. I think that's a thing. <laughs> you get to just take to the woods. <laughs> But it has to be the shirt on your back, whatever shit you can throw into a pillowcase in 20 minutes, and that's it. Hobo vacation sounds a lot like running from the cops. <laughs> Hobo vacation sounds like a great Fleet Foxes album. So Andy takes to the woods. He flees in the night from the harsh realities of his life. And as that's happening... It seems like Andy's trying to duck out on child support. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe not to the extent that, like, low tax was, but, uh... <laughs> I'm are, keeping that one in. Alright, are we moving briskly past it, or do you want to talk about it? Nope. Moving nope. briskly past That's, it. The, if the ones who get it, get it. <laughs> if I... Okay, yeah. If I was Aunt B in this situation, I how certain would you be that Andy was off to fake his death? 100%? Maybe a little less. But he was like, uh, I'm going to go put a bunch of shit in a bag. I'm going to go up into the mountains. If you don't hear from me, oh, wow, it's coyote season, isn't it? Sure hope, hope I don't get eaten. Well, goodbye forever. Or probably not. I'm supposed to be back. He takes off to the woods. Meanwhile, back at the jail, 
Barney is having Gomer push around a broom and really getting off on this, really. Just like, oh, yeah, it's back. creepy. He's just like, yeah, push that around. Make sure you get the cells later. And uh, Gomer's like, okay, yeah, I have the mind of a child. I have no standard for how I should be treated by others, and therefore you gave me a badge. <laughs> and then the state police come in and be like, hey, you the sheriff? And Barney's like, I'm acting sheriff. And he says, well, we got a prisoner that we picked up that we need you to hold. Escape from a prison 400 miles away. Yeah. And Barney goes, okay, well, I guess, yeah, we'll hold him. Sure. And they drag him in. And it's the guy that plays every prisoner. <laughs> it's their designated criminal. It's, it's the, the same guy. It's the no chin guy. At this point, he's basically a cast member. What does he live on the lot? Do they just like keep him in a storage container? They'd be like, oh, we need a criminal. Bust out Jeff. His his name is Alan Melvin. He was in like nine episodes of the Andy Griffith show. And then he went on to be in Gomer Pyle and was like a recurring character for like 14 episodes of that. He was just on someone's couch all the time. Like, he's good at what he does. When you need a piece of shit, except no substitutes other than this guy. I mean, I'm genuinely excited when he shows up. I'm like, hell yeah! (laughs) Hell yeah. These people are about to get antagonized. Effectively. Except that one time where he was a hotel detective. Right, he was Best Western Hotel Detective. He was Best Western Hotel Detective. Only time he's been anything other than a huge piece of shit. He's normally a criminal. One time he was just a very mean farmer. <laughs> listen, listen, I love Best Western Hotel Detective, and I'm sad that we never got to do anything else with that character. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping we can slide him in for a comeback. I'm hoping maybe he appears in your Breaking Mayberry fanfics that I think you're all writing. If hypothetically uh, you guys wanted to do a best Western hotel detective fanfic, that would be pretty chill. <laughs> they, he walks in, they march him in, they lock him up. Barney even specifically says, we're going to put the keys in the drawer. They do not put the keys in the drawer. Yes. Barney and Andy, Barney and Gomer start to have a fight because Gomer says, yeah, we need to, Gomer, remember the dumb one yeah. says, we need to call Andy. We are in way over our heads. This man escaped from a prison. Like an actual literal prison. We are so out of our depths. You, I handcuffed myself to you like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) So while they're fighting over that, of course, like this dude is in the jail for about 20 seconds. Best jailbreak I've ever seen. (laughs) such a good bit. he, he, He takes the keys off the wall. He unlocks it. He puts the keys back and he casually walks out of the jail. Not even, not a brisk walk. Not like he doesn't tiptoe. He just like, like I am on my way to the bank. He he does a slight sneak. Like when I'm trying to eat some cookies and I don't want Sarah to know that I'm eating cookies. 100%. Like like, when, when I have cookies and like... I don't want to give Sarah a cookie. Yes, this is the 100%. way I walk. Fucking Brianna wakes up every morning and she goes, did you eat half of a hamburger bun and a sleeve of M&Ms last night? What are you? Because she wakes up and I have eaten the weirdest shit. And I'm like, and my explanation is that's Midnight Dan, who is a completely <laughs> different human being. Some would say not really a human being because he's basically just Slimer. 
I will I will literally just walk in to a, to the kitchen, have two tr- open up the Triscuit box, eat two Triscuits, walk around the couch of my living room eating the Triscuits, look out the window for three seconds, then go back and get two more Triscuits, and I will do that for 17 minutes in a row. Midnight Dan will lie down in bed, stand up, walk briskly to the kitchen, take out a very stale bag of salt and vinegar chips, slam the chips into his face, kind of not really like eating them, but just kind of like mushing them into the general direction of my mouth, go back to bed, lie down, get back up, walk back to the kitchen, take back out the salt and vinegar chips, do the same motion, slam them into face, then eat half of a blueberry cookie, Stand over the, eat it over the sink this is inexplicably, going on for a bit. and then go back to bed. And then Brianna wakes up and she just sees wreckage, just absolute <laughs> pandemonium. It's like Jeffy from the Family Circus, just just a little dotted line, except it's in your like ten square foot kitchen. Oh, but it's just Dan Ludwig's midnight food rampage. So yeah, so he okay. He brings. So yeah, he, he, he casually. He walks casually out. walks out. He opens the door. He closes the door, and then he goes out into the woods. Yeah. And so hang on, Dan. Uh, what What's happening here is that there's a man who is supposed to be somewhere, and and yeah. he's not. Do they have to go about finding him? I I would say they they should. They need to find him. That's that's the goal here. How how? I think they would what, have to hunt the man. I, I think I think so. Like, if we're just going through synonyms, right? Yeah. Find, seek, manhunt, manhunt, manhunt. We got one, baby. Manhunt three, motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. Surprise! <laughs> What's up? You thought this was a, an episode about a vacation? Nah, son. It's about a manhunt. It's the manhunt trilogy is complete. <laughs> I, I, we were actually debating. Like this, this is number three, right? There was Manhunt, there was Manhunt 2, there was Woman Hunt, which is kind of like an Ocean's 8 kind of job. Yeah, kind yeah. of. And this is, I think, like the third installment of the Manhunt series, of the Manhunt franchise. It's Manhunt time, guys! Manhunt! Manhunt! You're going to have to really lower the volume on that in the episode. <laughs> For those of you who haven't been listening to the beginning, this show started with a manhunt, and sometimes it happens again, and we scream. We lose our goddamn mind. <laughs> it's the it's really our last reoccurring bit. Uh, now that Bob Sweeney is gone and Harvey Bullock doesn't appear to be writing on a regular basis, so we can't do the Batman voice. It's all it's, we have it's... left. <laughs> It's it's manhunt, everyone. It's yeah. it's it's Michael Mann's manhunt. Holy shit! Welcome to Noir Vember. It's manhunt. Manhunt three. Holy shit! Holy shit! It's manhunt time. Okay, so and and they go right to the moment. Like he walks out. He basically walks out to the left of our screen, and then the very next cut from the right of our screen, he's walking up on Andy in the middle of the woods. Like, yeah. Apparently this dude is the Flash. He's like, he's basically Bugs fucking Bunny. This dude rules. He's so slick. He's so awesome. And he just like like casually just saunters up be like, "Hey, 
what's up? I was hunting quail and a rock slide took my gun and everything that would identify me as a hunter away. So now, may I have some bacon, please, stranger? And Andy's like, hell yeah, man, come on, sit down. <laughs> Let's chill. Let's rap for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I Andy, Andy Taylor, am so well known for my hospitality towards strangers that I find eating bacon in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a huge emotional trigger for me. <laughs> And, and, and so yeah he he sits down and by the way real quick cuts to this yeah right like re- real quick work so they do that scene that seems like 10 seconds long and then cut hard cut to this is gomer and barney driving up into the woods right? freaking out just like they're like grabbing guns and they're like holy shit we got to go up into the woods and catch him they're also like andy's up there so we have to like save andy because he might be getting like murdered by the convict um and then it cuts back hard, and Andy has just tied the motherfucker to a tree, which yeah. like not like the not like behind the back, uh, like he's no, he's he, literally hugging the tree. Yes, and he's like tied his wrists, which immediately begs the question: How the fuck did Andy do that? Did he yeah, beat the I shit liked, out of the guy? I would have liked to have seen this part desperately. Like, I would have liked to, for, to, for the arrest to not happen off screen. Did he have a gun? Was he, did he bring a gun up there to hunt? Like, how did he do that? Did he, it's been kind of implied that Andy Griffith, when he wants to, can beat the living shit out of people. Like, there have been a couple of times where he's, like, whipped the piss out of people off screen. And, like, been, like, people have shot at him, and he just, like, walks right through, like, right up to them and takes their gun away. Most of the stuff happens off scene. There was the one time where he had a broken hand, so they had to make up the thing that uh, he, like, got in a drag-out fight with some moonshiners. Yeah. I think, like, they never show it on screen, but I think Andy Griffith is a fucking animal in a fight. <laughs> I think I think he's just, like, going stone-cold Steve Austin on motherfuckers. Just, like, like, right before they cut back to this, Andy was suplexing this guy. So, so he's tying him up, and the guy's like, he does the, like, how did you know, Sheriff? And and Andy's like, well, quail isn't in season. And also, you're wearing prison shoes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Change your shoes, idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're clearly identified as a prisoner, but also my deduction. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the guys like again, because we're just playing a game of Crime Island. The other dude is just like, well, you got me. What happens next? Now, what do we do? Andy says. Listen, all right, well, we're going to have to go. I got to go to the ranger station and get help. And the guy goes, well, it's cold out here. I'll freeze to death. Andy takes off his jacket, which is like a nice one, probably like like a Carhartt jacket. And he sets it on the guy's shoulders. It's going to immediately fall off. I don't know if you've ever tried to put a heavy jacket on your shoulders, but like it falls off almost immediately. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that that stays on. Um, He's he's he's. He, but they they need some sort of plot contrivance for what happens next. Because Andy takes the other guy's jacket. He's wearing a denim jacket. So Andy takes his denim jacket. He gives his heavy jacket to the criminal, to the escaped convict. Barney and Gomer pull up. They look through the binoculars. They see a man tied to a tree. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh shit, we gotta go help that dude. They run over to the man tied to the tree. It's the prisoner. And he... Th- like covers his face in his shoulder and does the dumbest, fakest Muppet voice. <laughs> so, hey there, 
I'm a civilian. That guy, they convict beat me up and took all my shit. You gotta go get him. And they're like, awesome, <laughs> let's untie you. He sounds like Mark McKinney in Superstore. <laughs> I love his... He's a fucking, like, Bugs Bunny criminal because he that's a plan concocted by a fucking lunatic. He's not even... He didn't have to do that voice. He didn't have to give himself a Mickey Mouse voice. He could have just been like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a normal man. But instead he's like, I'm... A- he, he he sounds like an elephant farting. Like yeah, <laughs> hey, I got beat up. <laughs> he just has to add insult. He to went that way. <laughs> He's like a Popeye <laughs> character. Drink Wilkins coffee. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, he fucking so he does that. They untie him, and he's just like, "All right, peace." And then yeah, he just runs. He, he like he like covers his face with like thanks, and then it bails and. Our, our master cops are, are like, hey, wait a second. Yeah, they were like, why is that guy in such a fucking hurry? They're like, <laughs> this is twice. This is twice he's gotten away from these guys by just going, okay, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Which, by the end, I he could have, he should have just basically been trying, like, all right, we got you. You're the criminal. He just could have gone, like, no, I'm not. Like, damn <laughs> <Bye>. it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> all right. I, as you were. And then they come back and they're like, you're That's- definitely the criminal. Pretty sure I'm not. That's All right. Not that far from what he does Yeah. Here. He just leaves. Yeah. He, he, just, away. he just keeps walking out of frame. And he's the <laughs> master criminal for it. Haha, <laughs> you don't have jurisdiction outside of this 13-inch TV. He's he's basically his his, his like strategy for escaping as a criminal is to strongly disagree with the situation is he's just like you're not my dad bye i'm leaving and they're like ah fortunately they don't extradite from the other side of the set (laughs) so good so then i'm I'm out here hanging out on the starship enterprise (laughs) i'm on the other side of the cbs lot i'm taking the trolley tour you can't catch me coppers (laughs) <laughs> ding ding <laughs> I love Lucy is in international waters motherfucker uh, the next thing that happens is basically Barney just tries to dive tackle Andy he thinks he's the criminal jumps on his back Andy easily rips him off of him like a tick and throws him on the ground now to, I mean he actually does it like this is the one time I think we've seen Barney like intentionally jump to apprehend what he thinks is a criminal goes very badly like, it goes very poorly. For if him. that was the convict, he would have been instantly murdered. Yeah, uh, I guess it's not the first time. The first time would have been in the first manhunt when he got his gun taken away from oh, him. Oh yeah, he got the living. It's just a standard thing for manhunts that the manhunt e needs to beat the living piss out of Barney. It's 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 a recurring gag. It's 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 a standing mo. It's the yippee kaye motherfucker of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Is bar it, it, in that it's awkwardly shoehorned into the later entries? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that happens. They go, "Oh my god, I can't believe you fucking let the prisoner loose. We have to go find him." And they somewhat anticlimactically, they find him. They just go yeah. over into some trees and they just be like, "Oh, there he is." Grab him. Gulliver accidentally chokes out Barney while they're catching him, and it's kind of over. There's a stinger where, like, the newspaper got Barney's name wrong. It's that whole thing. And then, end manhunt. Pat, big handshake, everybody. We did it. Mission accomplished banner unfurls. I will say, at one point in time, after Andy has 
captured our criminal and is taking him back. He walks over to to Gomer, who has Barney in a headlock and is screaming, I got him! I got him! Even though he can clearly see the prisoner. Like, yeah. he's holding Barney in that headlock long after the prisoner is 10 feet away from him in handcuffs. So, again, Gomer is just using this as an excuse to choke out Barney. Can but if, if, if I'm the prisoner, I gotta be looking at this going, how do I, how am I losing? Yeah, how 100%. am I losing to these guys? Which he definitely tried like one more. I just to, to to circle back, and I'm gonna be like kind of the xylophone guy from The Simpsons a little bit, but they made Gomer a deputy, which over the course of this episode proved to be catastrophic. They keep making Gomer the deputy, and it always goes really fucking poorly. There's no possible explanation for why they are doing this. Because yeah. it would be one thing if they were like, oh, you know, like if it was Floyd, if they were still doing Floyd, they'd be like, well, you know, Floyd's trustworthy. He's kind of scatterbrained. He's a little weirdo. But they're like, let's get the guy that we've all agreed we do not respect as a person. Let's get the let's get the guy we treat like absolute dog shit and do not trust to tie his own shoes. Let's make him a fucking deputy. And it, they're like, Gomer, why would you do a dumb thing? Person that I have no respect for as an intellectual. It's so fucking dumb. It's it's real. It's it's contrived is what it is. Yeah, it would be one thing if they like explained it in some way, but it's fucking annoying. Oh, man. We 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 asked this bear to <laughs> defend our honey reserves. <laughs> Oh, Can't God. imagine what would have what happened here. Why do we keep hiring Mr. Bean to work security at the airport? What is wrong with us? He's proven time after time it will not go well. Ah, uh, man. All right. So, and that's that's sort of it. That, I mean, the episode kind of fizzles out from there. I will say that the 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 end, the very last moment, is Andy realizes it's really what is really bothering him and he convinces barney he's like you know what man you've earned a vacation you need to take some time off why don't you go down to miami or whatever i think we've established before that when uh barney goes on vacation he gets a room at the y in raleigh for what i can only imagine is non-stop gay sex he explicitly um, says go get a room at the y yeah <laughs> yeah which uh, he which andy has described and it sounds like absolute dog shit he's like oh he'll just kind of sit in an empty room Maybe he'll go downstairs, watch TV with a bunch of strangers. Play ping pong. Play ping pong. It sounds like prison. It sounds horrible. <laughs> anyway, but it doesn't matter because the only thing he needs is for Barney to be not there. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really care where Barney goes. And Barney goes, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take a vacation. Cool. And then as soon as Barney leaves, Andy's like, hell yeah. He puts his feet up. He opens his National Geographic. That is the end of the episode. It's the the Man episode... Hunt. Man hunt three, man, 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 man hunt three, man hunt three, and the credits roll. Cue rap by Will Smith. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have time. I thought about writing down a, a man hunt rap, but I think <laughs> we'll we're get all it on man hunt four. We're all better off that I didn't. I, the, 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 actually, actually, I imagine that man hunt three ends with like a, a victory lap for the movie. Like, like it, it shows each person like Andy Griffith as Andy, and it freezes on his big moment. And then, like, uh, 
Jim Neighbors as Gomer. Ah, and he like mugs at the camera a little bit. You know, you know when movies do like a little victory lap. Like, yeah, we did the movie. I like you could just do like that guy as the criminal, and he's just briskly walking out of frame. <laughs> I think the weirdest one of those is Predator. Yeah, Predator has the strangest. <laughs> the energy in Predator is berserk. Con Air has a pretty weird one too, actually. <laughs> Oh, God. The the thing I like about this episode is, you know how in later Community, where they were just like, so we're just going to kind of point out that uh, these people have a very unhealthy relationship, and they just basically torture each other all the time. Right. Uh, and that's like how a sitcom works. Let's just kind of like draw attention to the fact that Barney is the worst part of Andy's life. It, it It's really like season one of The Good Place, right? Like, like yeah. there, 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 there's no hell that you could devise for Andy. No demon can torture Andy the way that they torture each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because like. he can't, like, the end, the end, thing he kind of comes to terms with at the end is he can't leave. He can never go on vacation because right. the town will burn down because Barney is a dangerous lunatic who he can't fire because then he'll immediately kill himself or someone else. So he's just kind of trapped in this nightmare prison at the mercy of his best friend. And he just goes, the only escape is to send him away. But but it's also in, like his fault because he enabled this for so long. He brought it upon himself, much like Wilbur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his that, wounds are of his own making. Do you think I, I know that we're coming up on the point where Barney Fife leaves the show. Do you think the episode where that happens is just going to be 22 minutes of Andy crying in the street with joy? Just like, not even really registering it as joy, just like unbelievable physical relief. I do know that, like, when Don Knotts leaves the show, that's also when they switch from black and white to color. Mm-hmm. So it's like a Pleasantville situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like suddenly, <laughs> suddenly the world has brightened. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that I was living in the before part of a medication commercial. <laughs> Holy shit. There's like, my son, you have red hair. I forgot. The oppressive cloud of Barney has been lifted. It's gone. Ratings? Uh, Actually, b- 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 before ratings, I want to point this out. This is not the best installment in the Manhunt franchise, I think. Oh, it's, the, the Manhunt is very half-hearted. They, basically, the criminal... It's only the, half the episode. It's a surprise Manhunt. Yeah, basically. No, Manhunt 2, Pfeiffer Death is still the best one. Manhunt 2, it's it's the Empire Strikes Back of Manhunt. Yeah, this is Return of the Jedi 100%. It's like, it does the job. It's It's not the strongest installment by any means. There's a lot of time dicking around in a forest. One hundred percent. Holy shit, that tracks. A bunch of woodland creatures start to worship Gomer as a god. Oh yeah, we we glossed over that part. A group of woodchucks just kind of take Gomer. Oh fuck. Yeah, so I think Andy Meter. I'm gonna say fucking ten. I don't know if I give it a ten, but it's up. I'm gonna say eight. Yeah, it, it's it's a good episode. I liked uh, it a lot. I don't. Have, there's nothing objectionable other than the like background radiation of weird gomerness. But there, uh, we but, do have to give it a two because the Vietnam War was happening. The right, of course, the Vietnam was always happening. Like, two for Vietnam. No, uh, yeah, two for Vietnam. Uh, two for Vietnam. Sure, I guess. 
Uh, this this scale is so broken. I don't make the rules, but like if, yes, you do. If we don't give it a two, then we are endorsing the Vietnam War. Okay, that sounds like a rule you just made. You yeah. you did you just made that rule? Which I'm not. So you're just gonna say that everything is fine during this episode when young men are dying in a foreign nation for no reason whatsoever. Are you saying that's okay? So we can just give it a zero. I mean... God, alright, fine, fine. I mean, I fine, just... Dude, you, okay, I'll be, listen, I'm more listen, than happy to be the, listen, the half you, you, of this you podcast. You Ben Shapiro'd me into a three, okay? <laughs> you happy? You happy, Charlie Kirk? I'm more than happy to be the half of this podcast that is, <laughs> that uh, is not that against <laughs> the slaughter of the Viet Cong, I guess. <laughs> I didn't expect that to be how we end this. But if a zero is what's in your heart. I, I, I think I think just just to come down on it, the official stance of, of Breaking Mayberry on the Vietnam War is that it was bad. Yeah, not fans. It's not a good thing. <laughs> we're we're really coming out against it. And basically all wars, actually, except for the one with the Nazis. That one needed to happen. Yeah, all, yeah. all good there. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. A thumbs down, <laughs> unless there's Nazis in there, in which case it will be reviewed on a case-by-case basis. That That's take, taking that's a hard the, stance here. Break, that's, that's the, the, breaking, that's the breaking, May- breaking Mayberry endorsement. Yeah. It's like stance, official statement. I think that's a good blanket statement that's going to cover us against all blowback. Uh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh we're done with this episode. <laughs> Mercifully. Um, yeah, this episode was good. Check it out. Whatever. I don't care. As always, on the internet, you can get it. I am Schneid Remarks. It's S-C-H-N-E-I-D Remarks. And Dan was smart and deleted his Twitter. On 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 Twitter, we are at Break Mayberry. Facebook.com. No, not Facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry. Facebook, we have the new Facebook group, Breaking Mayberry Fans. Log on, check us out, answer a few questions so that we know you're not a psychopath, and and come hang out with us in a closed Facebook group. Facebook.com, or Facebook, Breaking Mayberry Fans. If you want to support us with your money dollars, Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry gets you access to Director's Cuts, and this is going to have one, with you know extended scenes and deleted footage and also bonus episodes where we torture ourselves by watching other things and now well but but you can torture us by making us watch stuff that you choose you can also join our discord which is full of really cool people and you can also talk to us about whatever i'm about to start talking to someone on there about yakuza zero uh what do you so, mean about to? You've been talking to them this entire time. Oh, I have not even begun to talk about Yakuza 0. Alrighty. Okay, so folks, that's what you all got to look forward to. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for having some patience with us. We'll see you all down at the Fishing Hole. Oh, boom, 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 bo